Good afternoon and welcome to episode two of Coaches in Cars Getting Coffee. Uh, we are delighted to be joined by Gilles Medusin. Is that the right one to say, yes, sir? Yes, perfect. Uh, and it's me and Brett again. Um, uh, opportunities for Gilles to introduce himself to our audience and uh, tell him what he does within Belgian hockey and a brief background. Uh, hi everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Um, I'm Gilles Verdussen, I am head coach of the women of Wellington, I'm coach of the Belgian side under 21 girls and I'm a technical dire director of a youth school in Ghent named Indiana. Uh, so thanks for having me. Perfect, so the plan for today, we're just in between games at the Belgian finals and we don't want to miss any hockey, so we <laughs> prep three questions uh, for Gilles to have a think about today and me and Brett may have a few things to say as well. But we'll invite you to go first. Most memorable hockey moment this season, or a couple of things that stood out for you as we come to the end of the, the season. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a, I had two or three. I have two or three in mind. I think the first that came up into my mind was the uh, smash uh, goal from uh, Florent Vanobel from yeah. Dragons yeah. Uh, for, uh, from right to left overhead, and yeah. he, uh, close to the goal, he just smacks it above his shoulder. We can tweet a link of that goal. Yeah, And also because Florent is a really good friend of mine, and uh, yeah, it's just really cool to see how uh, yeah. a creative player like that can, out of nowhere, create something yeah. uh, unexpected. Um, so that's one. Um, a second moment for me, having played uh, almost all my uh, career at Bearscott. Yeah. So I'm very happy to see my friend from Bearscott uh, for the first time since a long time playing the Belgian final, and thus. Uh, Automatically being qualified for EHL, yeah. so super cool. I'm very stoked to see the game because it's two uh, clubs that are uh, very good friends, Leopold and Beerscott. Um, so it should be a fair play, but a tight game. So, uh, very nice. So what you won't be seeing, obviously, with uh, it being a podcast, is the venue here. So we're at a club, yeah. Uh, but temporary seating up. They put uh, a bar around, a seating area. It's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very much like a. To, it's almost like an English club in its setup, a good English club with uh, you know two water base, nice clubhouse, but to cater for the extra fans, they've got some, some seating. There's a marquee area with a few with catering bits and pieces. It's done. It's been done really well. Um, different to what we experienced at our finals. Yeah, yeah. Not better, not worse. It's definitely different. Yeah, which yeah. Really yeah. Really yeah. Really things are quite nice. It's my favourite. It's, it's got the promotion. Yeah, it's really big. Yeah, um, but specifically losing on Saturday, our first yeah. loss in the National League season. Challenge that we've been so good and we're this really great team. Yeah. To then come back and such a tight turnaround and play some outstanding hockey and the real belief and resilience to go in the game, don't you have to win and then win by a couple of goal difference. So that was, yeah, massive highlight. Yeah, the highlight probably was the Saturday night. Yeah. That we lost our first game of the year in the promotion playoffs on the Saturday, had to go and win the Sunday to be promoted. And uh, that, how they, the players approached Saturday night was probably a real highlight. It's unknown territory, entirely student team, they've not lost all year and how they approach the Saturday evening turnaround to play early Sunday was super, it was probably our highlight of the year from yeah. a coaching perspective. And I'm not sure this with the players yet, but I'm sure it works. You look at the photos back from the game and there's like focus, desire, yeah. concentration, it's something that we, a level we haven't seen before this season, yeah, so it's yeah. exciting going into next year. It definitely, definitely is. So um, maybe just to add in, for me the last memorable moment being from Obviously, Belgium is a uh, this season yeah, yeah. Belgium running mm. world champion. Just a small detail. And then, <laughs> and then Waterloo Ducks winning EHL, so that's too nice uh, for Belgian hockey. That leads really well on to the next question around. There's been some recent Belgian success with the Watt Ducks and your teams doing well in EHL, and of course the World the World Cup win. What is, in your opinion, unique or special or standout quality for the Belgian player pathway yeah. at the moment, and how players are developed in this country? 
Um, I've been in the, in the Belgian program and structure for quite some years now. I think for me, one of the biggest reasons of the, the success uh, is it's a, a long-term plan. It's not just a one idea, one shot, we go for it. There's a clear, real structure and vision behind everything um, to gradually bring from where we were to where we're now and to keep being on top of where we are. Um, I think the second thing, uh, the biggest thing for me is the, um, the physical proximity in Belgium. It's very close uh, for everybody to travel towards uh, Brussels or Antwerp, which is mostly the, the center of where the national teams train, um, which means uh, there's a lot of contact time from age 14, 15, all the way to the, the Red Panthers or the Red Lions. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing for me is just having the right people at the right place. They had a, a good mix of Belgian and foreign coaches um, coaching the, the Red Panthers, the Red Lions, the under 21s. I'm yeah. fortunate to be in, in that environment as well. I think the combination of those three, a clear vision, the proximity and the, the amount of contact time you can have when we speak to Germany, Netherlands, England, especially Australia and other countries, they just struggle with bringing people together. And that's a luxury we have and I think that's a, also a great advantage that we benefit well from. So just digging a bit deeper into the hockey, what are the real key, like key drivers within the program that do you think is delivering on the successes? On the hockey level? Or yeah, hockey level. Um, well, I think if you look at Belgian hockey, they've they've been focusing on having an aggressive pressing mindset, so we don't just hold back and defend, we actually want to press and win balls. I think um, they're depending on the coaches, but creative and dynamic outheading, switching easily from one to another. I think that's two typical things for Belgium if you look at men and now also women in the last yeah, yeah. few years. Um, so I think yeah, that's the first thing that pops, pops up into my mind and then the, the technical aspect of some players, if you look at uh, Florent Van Abel playing today, he's just in a confidence mode, he yeah. plays very, very uh, yeah, securely but at the same time creates some magic in Sparkle. So I think the addition of those kind of players which, yeah. And when you talk about pressing, would you really focus in on that individual pressing? So what the individual skill is for that person within the bigger team tactic? Yeah, I think I think, um, and I, you talked about it yesterday as well about the left hand defending and yeah. wearing a glove or not wearing a glove. And yeah. I think if you look at okay, for example, a Belgian striker like Thomas Brils and Tom Boone, they got that into them that it, you have to defend one v one really low. Yeah. But above the really good one v one defense, it's just a, a team press and an aggressive mindset of yeah. stepping in front, of winning balls. Of, if one goes, you have to follow because if not, there's a gap in between lines, and it's a bit that mentality that got brought into um, in, in culture. Good results. That's cool. So in um, in our talent pathway, we have sort of some guiding documents and principles that are shared amongst coaches and we uh, talent development framework as it's called in uh, England and GB hockey is there anything like a guiding overarching piece of work that's been done from Belgium hockey to get to sort of align the coaching across all the regions and stuff like that yeah we we, we developed I think it's almost eight or eight or nine maybe ten maybe more maybe a bit less but a few years ago we developed a, what's called the Belgian hockey compass yeah. um, which really uh, determines that okay an aggressive mindset of pressing what does that mean how do we uh, translate that into simple principles and like seven or eight on ball principles seven or eight off ball principles um, that not really chronologically but because there's always a discussion because you protect the center first or do you put pressure first and like 
but there are clear principles and then in those principles coaches within their age group or age category have a bit of license to play around with that but it's still yeah. in those in those principles and I think that's also a reason of, of success is that you recognize same language and same principles within uh, different teams of Belgium. And then we talk different athletes all have the same message different coaches to sort of similar, similar language. And when, when you go from under 16 to under 18 and they talk about something it sounds familiar yeah. and maybe there's a small explanation ex extra ne needed but overall it creates a... Yeah. And do you talk about what things you want to be doing at 14s to 16s to 18s and is there a marked change within each level? Yeah, there, there's there's a, there's certain demands for certain categories and like minimum requirements we really want to have at that age and then growing up. Um, and they mostly also come into that compass again. It's yeah, a, a nice and handy tool that also just aligns coaches and yeah. coaches all have different visions. So, so with it's working, it, hey? yeah, it's working well, with it for being, the moment. Um, yeah. But yeah. with it being as uh, established as you said ten years ago, some of those players mid twenties now will have experienced it their whole career playing for Belgium. Mm -hmm. So it must be a you know reasonable piece of work. People have gone on board with it, and it's, yeah. it's garnered some success. Yeah, and, and it's 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 a learning from in meet from young where you at the start learn, and in the end you want to. Have that uh, being used to having that all, all your uh, yeah all your life actually as a player, yeah. and then you can actually add that little extra in that uh, technical uh, crazy skill or uh, that's then the extra that comes above the, the package. Yeah, that's the next question to ask you actually about uh, the culture within Belgium being reflected in the sport. So is there a culture of that flair, that excitement, that got to be the one that scores the goal kind yeah, of thing? I think. The, the what again in the professionalization of, of Belgian hockey um, we used to only have under 16s that then went to under 15s under that we then have a good re regional system so all individual players really get picked up and recognized yeah. uh, there's a huge investment in the amount of coaches and, and scouts that are watching that we can really we for sure try to miss nobody and there's always yeah. players popping up at age 18 that we missed or that weren't as talented before and that had a different uh, more steep learning curve in a later stage yeah. um, but overall I think there's a, a good uh, overall uh, environment um, and within them, that uh, environment they pick certain players that are what is called high potentials yeah. and then there's spe specific pathways for them and maybe some extra attention if they need more skill or physical work or so that's interesting you just said scouting because that's something that it's not a word we'd use in the England hockey yeah, pathway because everything would come through the pathway so you'd start at a regional level then you'd go to a larger region so north like east west and south against a Scotland side or Wales side at a futures club but in terms of players in their club environments that wouldn't be much around scouting and a coach or a, someone to observe that player playing in a Premier League game report back to a national team coach or a selection panel of any sort and say they're playing really well at this moment in time in the Premier League this is some idea what I've got about them is that something that happens in Belgium like ongoing conversations or just very much through the, the provincial system they go or do, they, do the, the people get eyes on the club stuff as well no it's on, on, on the club stuff not directly you have yeah. it through coaches in club that are also yeah. working for a federation obviously yeah. that's C players but there's it's more about what's called the, the big old district days yeah. and that's a, a sort of provincial tournament that's used to be on two days now it's spread out yeah. over the year yeah. where on Sundays you have um, the provinces in different colors and they then play against each other and at those moments there are yep. scouts from yeah, the Federation and yep. watch yep. and then because of the luxury of the boom of Belgian hockey and um, the amount of 
the players in increase. Um, there's just more and more young players, and that means you can start to be a bit more selective and, and really pick uh, the best ones for an age group under 15, for example. And I guess the age gets better because there's more better players in there, exactly. and that then the, the quality of the training improves, and then suddenly you also have better coaches. Um, so overall, a really cool time to be in, yeah. in Belgian hockey. So that leads us on to probably our last question. We're going to try and keep our podcast around 15 minutes. Yeah. They're an easy listen. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, where do you see the game going and being at the reasonably cutting edge of it at the moment with uh, so much success in Belgium, what do you think the game will look like by, not the Olympics coming, but Paris 2024? What do the next five years hold? Um, it's an interesting question. Um, I think hockey is a cool and much evolving sport in terms of rules compared to other sports that don't evolve uh, as much or at all. Um, one of the things I was thinking about is I think the, the amount of importance that short corners get and shootouts get. Um, maybe there's some changes potentially coming up there. Um, maybe uh, just thinking out loud, I know they're talking about shootouts having a bigger importance yep. because they are important in major international events. Why not make them important as well in club events? And, and I uh, guess for the neutral, that's quite It's super to, cool to watch, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and especially for people that maybe don't know as much about hockey. Yeah. Very cool to so watch. So clubs going one. down the pro league model of getting this to draw, you get the bonus point for the shootout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And maybe having shootouts uh, after uh, just a normal draw in a club yeah. competition yeah. game. And then suddenly there has to be a winner and yeah. bonus points or things yeah. like that. So maybe that's one direction. Um, what about on the field? Do you think that we'll continue with the more physical game? Do you think we'll continue with slight adaptions in umpiring around what danger is and the get or do you think we're at the sports at the limit in terms of that stuff no I, I think if you if you look at the, the level of the empires has really grown uh, in, like uh, a lot in the yep. last years as well which is really cool um, and there's now more, a lot more of communication and understanding between umpires and players because in the past we used to have umpires that didn't know anything about how to play hockey and yep. now suddenly they start to actually you know, learn how a player feels in, in which moments and understand why they are angry or not angry with certain decisions, which improves their decisions. I think it's a physical sport. Um, I think it's always going to remain a, a healthily physical sport. It's not going to be a contact sport like soccer, but I think indeed like the, the aerial is a bit of an, the, the rule around aerial is always a bit confusing and it still is. Um, so I'm also curious to see how that's going to evolve um, because it's still very subjective in interpretation. Because the goal that you referred to, yeah. France goal on another day with another umpire, that could have been blown differently, yeah? Could, could have yeah. been blown differently Absolutely. because of uh, danger yeah. And, yeah. and high ball. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's also interesting to follow up how that's going to evolve. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I think ball off the floor is going to be yeah. even, even bigger than what it is now as well because it's harder to defend in the air, isn't it? Very difficult, I mean. yeah. If you look at again uh, Tommy Willems today for Dragons again for Hanabel, yeah, that's their specialty. And every time they get in the yeah. circle, they get it on their stick, and suddenly you can't do anything because if you yeah. tackle it's a PC, and if not, so, uh, yeah, the goal today where the ball was uh, delivered on a drag flick across the goal, and it might be gone over, got on the end of it, maybe yeah. just above his knee height, but yeah. it certainly went through a crowd of defenders, and we just controlled. It was controlled. They knew yeah. what they were doing. It was a connection between the players, yeah. and we just turned to each other and said. With the best one in the world, yeah. in our, well, we liked it, but in the best yeah. one in the world, we'd probably get blown in our yeah. division that we just played yeah. for doing that. Yeah. But it's actually yeah. started. It's yeah. like yeah. dimension, high skill level. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's cool to see that they can play on. And... Okay, so we've hit the 15 minute mark. We're going to try and stay true to our format, and we just want to thank Giles for his time this morning or this early afternoon on Belgian Finals Day. Thank you very much for catching up with us. A lot of pleasure. Thank you, thank you guys thank you. for having me. No problem. Thank you.